0: Okay today we come to John chapter 15 Uh, John is still here recounting the final instructions of Jesus to his disciples on the night when he was betrayed like I said these chapters began back in chapter 13 and we'll continue into chapter 16 he will pray his famous high priestly prayer in John 17 and will be betrayed and arrested in John 18 and all of these Chapters are describing events occurring on the same night. Here in John 15, we continue reading and considering some of his final instructions. And let's consider the overarching truth that we find here. We're just going to focus on one thing in this podcast from this chapter. There's a lot of things that we could, lots of things that we could, but in a brief podcast, we've got to (laughs) make some decisions. And so we're going to focus on just one thing Uh, and uh, and it's it's his opening it's it's really uh, the the first thing you read in the chapter and it will be repeated in variations again and again it's the the um, it's another one of the it's the last of the seven I am statements in John's gospel with the exception of one more simple declaration in John eighteen five of I am which as we will see when we come to that chapter causes Judas and the soldiers to fall to the ground but um, th- this is the last of his seven formal I am statements um, whereas Jesus has up to this point declared himself to be the bread of life in John 6 48 and 51 the light of the world in John eight twelve and 9 5 the door of the sheep in John 10 7 and 9 the good shepherd in John 10 11 and 14 and the resurrection and the life in John 11 25 and the way the truth and the life in John 14 6 he now here declares in verse 1 I am the true vine and in verse 5 he will simply say I am the vine. I love this particular statement because it's not as immediately obvious in meaning to today's reader as the others are. For example, it's pretty clear that when Jesus calls himself the bread of life, it has something to do with Jesus being the only thing that will truly satisfy. Likewise, when Jesus calls himself the resurrection of life, it has something to do with the eternal life that, that we can find through him. But a vine? <laughs> A vine? I mean, what in the world does he mean when he calls himself the true vine? Um, well, to us, it might not be immediately apparent. I believe that to understand what Jesus means here, it will re- require a little thinking about the Old Testament. Uh, consider this uh, passage from Isaiah chapter five. Now, you can just listen to me, or if you if you if you're listening to this podcast, you can just pause it, get out your Bible, and and open to Isaiah chapter 5 uh, and read it. Uh, follow along with me as I read it. But here's what we read in Isaiah chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 through verse 7. Let me sing for my beloved my song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill, he dug it and cleared it of stones. And planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it. And hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes. But it yielded only wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, did it yield wild grapes? Why did it yield wild grapes? And the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed or righteousness, but behold, an outcry. Now, you can go back to John 15, thinking about that. Now, I believe that this passage in Isaiah five and other there are others like it are the background to Jesus claim in John 15 to be the true vine you might notice also since we've been making our way through the gospels you can see how it's passages like this in the old testament these these passages are the reason that so many of jesus parables especially parables um that uh, that are scathing against the pharisees and other other religious leaders of the day are often set in a vineyard i mean they would have known these passages and realized that that Jesus is saying they are the ones. when when it says in Isaiah 5, I look for it to yield fruit and there was no fruit. And that's Jesus Jesus and his his parables are saying, hey, those Old Testament passages, you know, this talking about you. You know? Um, but it's also the background of what Jesus is saying here in John 15 when he claims to be the true vine. You know, in this Isaiah passage, the Lord compares his people Israel to a vineyard that he planted, and each Israelite to be the individual vines in it. He uh, says that in verse two of Isaiah five. He provided for it, cared for it, and expected it to produce good fruit, but it did not. And for this, he sent judgment upon them. Now, with that in mind, consider again what Jesus is saying when he says, "I am the true vine," John 15:1. By saying that, he is saying that he has come, and he has borne the fruit that the people of God were supposed to bear. He has come and he has lived the life that they were supposed to live and he has offered the perfect obedience that uh, they were supposed to offer in other words he has come and has now been everything that they were supposed to be. They were the vines uh, that were supposed to bear fruit but didn't and now the true vine has come and done that very thing. Jesus has come as a substitute for his people for all who would ever put their faith in him as their savior. That's an important truth to remember when you think about your daily life as a Christian we think about it we've talked about it quite a bit but but we need to again here. When you think about your daily life as a Christian and especially here when you consider that there is a lot of conditional statements found in this chapter notice what I mean by that verse six begins this way if anyone does not abide in me verse seven begins this way if you abide in me verse 10 if you keep my commandments and verse 14 you are my friends if you do what i command you that's a lot of ifs there's a very strong emphasis on your own obedience in this chapter bearing fruit and keeping commandments additionally there's a strong element of facing and walking through hardship and trial because of our faithfulness and obedience to Christ all of this is true and right but as we've said before in other chapters it is all a part of our being made more and more into the likeness of Jesus it is not the basis of our relationship with God Jesus the true vine has already been perfectly obedient and fruitful in our place as our substitute he has already lived the life that we were supposed to live and have failed and still failed to live. That is the basis of our salvation but now. Knowing that our standing before God is secure because of him. We no longer have to fear failure. Which will be inevitable. Until we see Jesus face to face but rather as we abide in his word and prayerfully seek to walk in his ways. We can rejoice to see. His righteousness progressively becoming our righteousness on a practical level in our daily living. And if you want to, think about those things and go read John 15 again and be encouraged by it. Those are just uh, some thoughts from John 15.